Hello and welcome to Loopholes, your weekly discussion podcast about all things esoteric and esoterotic. I'm Kate Cheryl. Hello. And I'm Ian Bolesworth. Hello there. And welcome to episode 34. 34. Last week, I'll throw my hands up here. Right. Last week, I didn't say episode 33. In fact, eagle-eared listeners will have heard there was a bizarre jump right at the beginning. Yes. And the reason for that was because I said, welcome to episode 3 rather than episode yes. 33. Now, whilst I'm prepared to take that on the chin and go, that my mistake, you were sat in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you but... You could have said, what, what, what are you saying, episode three? Why episode three? Well, look, so I'm going to blame you... Right, okay. <laughs> okay. For my error. Right, well, in, in my defence... Yes, good, I good. Was, I'm glad you are accepting... I would say... That it was your fault. No, this is not acceptance. Now you have to defend yourself. No, I have not signed the paperwork and Your I Your Honour, say... please tell the witness to stop being so argumentative and just uh, answer the question. Your Honour, tell him to pack it in. Right, Your Honour, so... please ask the witness to not direct you directly. <laughs> what? You're not allowed to do that. From the witness box, you can't oh, go, I'm Your a... Honour. I do that, mate. I'm Why in charge. Why can I never be a barrister? Your Honour, please ask the witness to answer the question. <laughs> you can be a barrister. Go on, then. Let's, let's do barristers together. Go for it. Oh, I don't like this. There we go. It's That's why you can't me. be a barrister. Right, can I just... <laughs> I don't because like it. Because you would sit on the floor in the court and have a cry. <laughs> Whenever you put your arms down and you go, go on then, I just panic. <laughs> I can't function at all. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, yes. last week, it was very, very hot. Yes. So both of us... Hefty case of mind porridge. Yes. This mind porridge was so great that I a minute ago I had three points and now I can only remember two of them. Yeah, so spoiler alert, it's happening now as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very and hot. the second point is you know I can't count. Mm. But, well, we've been playing a lot of backgammon recently, haven't right. we? And as everyone would expect, you're incredibly patient and there's a lot of counting involved I'm in just, backgammon. The problem with it is I'm just very good at backgammon. <laughs> So I've not got time for the other player. Well, I have to count out. <laughs> I how need to many just places. crack on with winning. Uh, comments from last week. What have you got? I have hit me. PJ said, yes. "My old bathroom flooring had marbled effect floor tiles. On one of the tiles was a patch of marbling that looked like a side portrait of political commentator Peter Hitchens. Maybe that, oh. <laughs> maybe that Belmez ghost woman did it." Certainly no proof she didn't. Some non-experts say it looks more like the face of a mouse and I have pareidolia. Yeah. I say I never thought the hitch tile was out to get me and making it personal is a sign you've lost the argument. I had an online argument, speaking of arguments, with Hitchens once. Peter did Hitchens, you? yeah, yeah, he went after me. <laughs> oh dear. He did go after me. Now, it's one of the few times I've been in a public spat. I've not had many public spats, mm. really. But it's one of the few times where I immediately conceded. Where I was immediately like, no, I am in the wrong and he is in the right. Yeah. Regardless of what you think of him as a thing. <laughs> he was in the right in what yeah. he was saying. Because I tweeted something along the lines of... It wasn't to him. It wasn't tagged in or anything like that. I wouldn't do mm. that. But it said something like, every day I check the news to see if Peter Hitchens has died and every day I'm disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. And he replied to it. Mm-hmm. And like really quite viciously. I wish I could remember what he said. Cause mm. it, it was vicious and eloquent. It was all yeah. those things. And I was just immediately like, I can't have a fight about this. I am totally in the wrong here. Yeah. 
It's a, that is a horrible thing to say. But then he started saying I was a fan of his brother, Christopher Hitchens, who's away now, mm-hmm. who's quite opposing those two. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not. I don't, I don't really know an awful lot about Christopher Hitchens at all. I think he assumed I was a certain sort yeah. and I wasn't being that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I, I found it very difficult to yeah. have any coherent argument back because I had just tweeted that, I wished he was dead, yeah. <laughs> which isn't really very nice. I wouldn't do that now. It was many years ago, yeah, like at least yeah. 10 years ago or something. It was uh, early adopter social media immaturity is what yeah. it was. Yeah. And those lessons have been learned now. But I mean, it still sort of gives me a wry smile <laughs> how naughty I was being. But yeah, but I can't argue that I was in the right. Yeah. Fair. Well, Hazel Quinlan says scone rhymes with bone. Another great episode. Thank you, Hazel. And another factually incorrect comment from Hazel there. Me and Hazel should start being like nemesi, I think. Is that the right word? Nemesi? Nemesises? I don't know what the plural would be. I suppose it's a a Latin. But you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Hazel should be that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations, Hazel. Um, You've gained a nemesis. Nemesi. (laughs) Annette Truby says, Kate, I'm so sorry. Katie was a predictive text fail that I clearly didn't spot. I went to school with a Katie. I'd never knowingly tar you with that brush. My particular reticence at being all right with being called Katie comes from a very, very deep-seated upset about never being able to find my name on a pen. Right. There was always Katie. There was never Kate. On one occasion, my granddad bought a Katie and then blacked out the eye with a biro, and it was a really lovely gesture. Yeah. But, you know, that, that hatred... Ultimately futile. That <laughs> hatred still runs deep. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't have hate your granddad. Oh, shush. Um, I really enjoyed today's discussion. It's such an interesting story for both sides of the esoterotic debate. I wonder if Maria wanted a new kitchen floor, but Juan never got round to it, so she painted a face and convinced him it was magical. Then things spiralled. I'm desperately trying to catch up, because I was realising throughout the comments here... Couldn't remember what last week's was. And it was, it was them faces, wasn't it? Yeah, Belmes faces. I mean, was it PJ who was the first comment? Yes. And PJ just said it outright, and I was still sat there going, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> In my head. Just stay yeah. quiet here. I haven't got a clue what's going on. I'm glad it made such an impact on you. Yeah. Tango. I don't agree with what um, Annette says there. All right, fine. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember what she said. But um, basically, I'm collating Nemesis today. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Okay, we're go- going for a full house yeah. by the end of it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, Annette. Typical you, that. And you, Hazel, as well. I've got Chuck, Chuck PJ in it all. <laughs> yeah. Tango says... Oh, not Tango. That's, <laughs> that's one of the many things I adore about loopholes. It smashes ivory towers to pieces. Those very important, highly skilled individuals who've all kinds of letters after their names because they've reached the peak of their education, they're just like us. Half-cut titheads on a boozy brunch when instead they should be fixing that damn tap. It's true, we show you. We show you what the reality is of these situations. Don't be fooled, everyone's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's important clarification. You're quite right. What's yes. the next one? Uh, Dan Pawley says... Although I disagree with Tango there. Okay, good, that's another one. Uh, Dan Pawley says, cream first is the Devon way, and how I was raised, so well done. Why are we talking about Scots? But <laughs> I did find a survey online that stated 56% of people pronounce scone to rhyme with gone. Unbelievable. And only 44% manage it correctly. And also that only 25% of people reckon cream should go on first. You're not correct. It's not but correct. I do think that's interesting, because it's cross-contamination. It's not interesting um, at but... all, because it's got nothing to do with <laughs> loopholes. And I will reiterate what I said last oh. week, that this is the biggest debate we have had I on know, loopholes. I know, it really is. Because 
the rest of the stuff we talk about is case closed. Yes, well, Dan goes on to say that survey... Is this Dan my nemesis we're talking uh, about now? Why not? Yeah. Um, that survey was on the Daily Mail website, and considering they're wrong about everything else, I reckon we're on safe ground here. Right. Now I can go back to not thinking about scones for another six months. It's been consuming me. Well, don't be clicking on that website, thank you. That's what they want you to do. They know that they're wrong. <laughs> they're being wrong on purpose, so you'll click it. Don't click it. And James Flux says... Another great episode as She's always. She's quiet because she does it all the time. <laughs> Not when you're watching. So <laughs> James Flux says, Another great episode as always, although I would have liked a bit more information about the official explanation in the government report. Was the description of silver compounds and UV light intended to explain how the faces just appeared before investigators, since they could have been painted overnight and then reacted with sunlight in the morning? to seemingly appear as new. I know some silver compounds react to sunlight in this way, like how transitions lenses turn glasses into sunglasses, but just wondered if that's what they were suggesting was going on. Thanks to you and Ian, as always, for all your top work. Thank you very much, James. Thanks, James. Can we go back to scones? Right, so... Um, this is, I mean, I've no issue with what James says there, because okay. James is essentially saying there was a failing on your part to actually ad- oh, adequately just, explain... Do you want another nemesis? ...what was going on. Yeah, please. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. The report that came out sort of revealing the potential avenues for how the faces were created was reportedly pushed by the government, but was ultimately published by a tabloid. And at the time, there really weren't an awful lot of papers and a lot of serious scientific research done on the faces. Who did the actual investigation to that? Who did? There were several separate independent right. scientists and a lot of these reports have been, if you want to go deeper into what these reports really said, there's a brilliant paper by Gerhard Mayer that kind of just took apart all these weird disparate reports on things. Right. And there were, there were several ways that they tried things. One of the investigators covered the floor with a bit of perspex to see if anything would appear underneath. And reportedly next day they saw a face starting to appear, but they had to remove this particular investigation method. Because it's siesta time! Because of water accumulation. Right. But like silver nitrate, if you paint it on concrete like this, yeah. it kind of works like an invisible ink. I see. So under UV light... Is that well known as well? Is it a well known thing? I think less so now, but it probably would have been in the 70s. I guess that's what James is sort of digging at, I suppose. Yeah. Is that what Was the intimation of the report that mischief yeah. was afoot? Yes. Yeah. But it's like, okay, I'm all on board, fair enough. They, If you say these pa- they painted these faces on, that's fine. But the methods that they gave don't add up. The scientific explanations the tabloid report gave haven't worked when recent scholars have tried to replicate these methods. But we should probably dismiss the tabloid reporting, shouldn't but we? But that was the, that was the largest thing, them. separate from these parapsychologists who went in, right. who obviously are going to be going slightly more down esoterotic routes. But if it's a government-sanctioned report, surely that but is not, available to the general public. But it's not government-sanctioned, not officially. There were no right. real official scientific investigations into it, apart from these kind of solo scientists going yeah. in under the parapsychology banner okay. to investigate things. So then really it's rocking a hard place on it. It's, it's not, yeah, it's it's really frustrating from There's both no sides. definitive answer on this. No, but about how they were cheating it. In a twenty in, in twenty fourteen, some I think they're graduate students from a university maybe in Sweden. I can't remember. Yeah. Let's go with Sweden. And they tried to replicate making the faces with the chemicals that were stated in this original big report 
and they didn't work. And they clearly weren't made with paint, but still they couldn't get the satisfactory results with the alternative methods. So it seems like agents that were sensitive to light probably be the best bet because it would be a slow development. And kind of the use of an oxidising chemical agent, like an acid, if you use any oh, acid on concrete... So boring, isn't it? <laughs> if you use any acid on concrete, because cement is alkaline in nature, any type of acid, no matter how weak, would have a reaction with it but it would ultimately damage, and no, come on, stay with but, me, but, uh, it would ultimately damage the concrete, whereas other methods would leave the cement intact so the faces could appear. But this is, it, again, this is, again, what I talked last week, this is going right down the road mm. and not looking at the stars in line. Yeah. Nobody saw these faces actually miraculously appear. Nobody credible actually saw these faces just appear out of nowhere. Yeah. Why are we going down there? Why are we right the way down the road looking at, oh, this could have been this, but then that wouldn't have worked, or this could be... Just go back to the beginning. There... They drew them on the floor! <laughs> but there's, there are so many instances, especially in this Mayer paper, where they said, oh, and these investigators wanted to get in cameras to lock off areas long term. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, funding. Yeah, no, Fun nonsense. It was funding and they didn't have the technological means at the time because it was such an isolated rural Idiots, village. Idiots, full So it's like you had such a good opportunity and you didn't do it. But it's not fun, there's no funding. It's it. There you go, I've got my own camera. I'm going to put it in there. Just, just nobody go in that room, thank you. Come yeah. All come in the other room. Come in the living room with me, play cards. Nobody's allowed yeah. in that room. We'll yeah. put a bit of tape across with a bell on it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's allowed in that room. That doesn't take funding. <laughs> they just try and shazam you with all this nonsense. Yeah. Oh, they couldn't because of funding. What do you mean funding? But to put a camera in a room. But in this, you know, in this period, apparently, no, they couldn't do it. I don't accept it. These are all diversionary tactics. There's a complete lack of contemporaneous scientific papers. Don't and use big words. They drew them on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> don't need any of that. Don't need it all being all university-like and academia. Don't need any of that. Listen to Ian. The people who live there drew them on the floor and said that they just appeared at the end. Let's get to my comments and see if there's anyone who isn't an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kenny. It wasn't the people that were being idiots, was it? But that is so stupid. And you were doing it then. I know you weren't doing it on purpose, but what you were doing is exactly yeah. what happens. People start talking about it. As you were doing all academic and, I'm so, I'm and big sorry. words and all that. It's like, no, 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 go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what are you talking about? Never mind the alkaline components. I don't care about that. They drew them on the floor in crayon. Look, we know it wasn't crayon. Whatever it was. <laughs> they could have still crayon. There's no well. credible source as far as I've been learned yeah, okay. so far. And I'm not, by the way, looks into it myself. I'm going purely on what I've been told okay. on this here podcast. So on what I've been told on this here podcast, there is no credible source mm -hmm. who said they saw those faces just appear. Yes. So forget about all that and just go, all right then. So with the faces just there, yeah, all right, they've drawn them. Paul Kenny. <laughs> Love today's episode, but I've mainly been thinking, why not just get a bit of lino rather than smashing out a concrete floor? Oh, it was the 70s, after all. I'm lino also not sure this was necessarily about the aesthetic. Mm. If the story that they're saying is what they truly believed, yeah. you know, that's like saying, you found it, <laughs> you found a skeleton under your stairs. Well, just get a bit of MDF and put it in front of it. <laughs> If I'm going to humour what they're saying. Yeah. Will Lee, love the episode of Loopholes. It was great to find out what you need to paint on concrete. <laughs> Ian, the Doctor one, I presume that's you, Hello. gave a hint as to a future topic, but I can answer it right now. When it rains, the water fills up small holes in stonework or concrete, which means that little mix have to come out to breathe, giving them the appearance of having also fallen from the sky. 
Is that a spoiler alert for future? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's that. <laughs> sorry, that's well, sorry, well, can't get her to commit on that one. <laughs> PDT. This is the first time I've checked in with this in ages. And I... <laughs> Thanks, Pete. Who feels the need to say that? <laughs> Who feels the need to point that out? You don't have to say that, Pete. I don't have a clue what's going on. Ian is right about pronouncing scum, though. I mean, well, thanks, but... <laughs> I've not listened to this. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Cheers for your comment, mate. Worlds of Confusion, cult practical production assistant. Another delightful listen. I do wonder where you sent Elvis and Simply, though. Did you accidentally ship them off to the afterlife by all the exes and talk? Big creepy love to you both. I don't know what's happened with Simply and the King. I think it's just a bit too hot for them at the minute. I could tell you, by the way, listener, you can't see this, but at the moment, the good doctor opposite me is wearing a Simply and the King t-shirt. I am. Well done, you. Thank you. Um, But I don't know what happened there. I think I just got caught up in the hectic scheduling and Mm -hmm. they're doing it every week and all that, and I just, I think they just fell away a little bit. They're still about, still about the place. Well, they're in the garden in the mosquito net at the minute, aren't they? (laughs) Simply's been bit to smithereens. This is good. This is like I've uh, franchised it out and now you're coming up with storylines for it. <laughs> Tango of the Robes, Cult Circus Bungling Big Game Hunter Act. Last week, my credit card details were leaked or stolen somehow. Fraud detection stuff all worked as intended and the charge never made it onto my account, thankfully. Good. I've had to update my payment details on Patreon. This has called Patreon to behave like I've unsubbed, then resubbed. This means today, when listening to another inferior podcast that I support... My current Patreon name was read out as a new patron. <laughs> it was unexpected and absurd, and I hope it makes you smile, dear leader. It really does. <laughs> so they had to read out Tango of the Robes, which is also a reference to the cult. Brackets, cult circus bungling big game hunter at. <laughs> oh, I adore my Patreon. Andy Walker, 1990s nostalgist, especially Cliff Richard at Wimbledon when it was belting it down. <laughs> I mean, really, this should be a good advert for my Patreon, really. It should be, yeah. Because when people are sat there going, I don't know what any of these words mean. Yeah. I don't know what they're on about. <laughs> they feel like how I felt when you were talking about the stone yeah. and all that. That's how I felt, yeah. just like glazed over. But you could be part of this on my yeah. Patreon. I'm sure you do stuff on your Patreon, don't you? Well, I haven't started a cult just yet, but you sorry, just wait. Sorry, it's, I've not checked Everyone... in. I've not checked it in ages. I've not got a clue, <laughs> I've not got a clue what's going on on your Patreon. <laughs> Um, Andy Walker said, it's scones as in rhymes with cones. Right, G- get out, Andy. <laughs> also, cream first, then that jam lad. <laughs> Why are we having this discussion? Also, if we're looking into brush strokes for those faces, then I strongly suspect Carl Homan. I'm not even going to explain that. That's an excellent niche reference. <laughs> Greg Harrison, cult cat fusser. <laughs> Smashing episode as always. Many thanks. Thank you, Craig. I hope you're doing all right. Rob Hellfire Graves. This is the last one. Uh, Sorry, I've not finished reading Rob's name yet. Cult organ donor, wrestler and poet. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, all these things actually mean something as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great episode. It amazes me how gullible or willfully foolish these so-called investigators can be. Can't they just face the facts? Faces all of the case. And I like the use of so-called investigators. (laughs) As someone who was once called a so-called comedian. (laughs) But seriously, it can be psychologically fascinating as to why some people continue with these lies. There's a hilariously far-fetched book called The Vertical Plane by Ken Webster Mm -hmm. that I had a great laugh reading, (laughs) wondering why the author would continue to claim this was a true story about talking to a dude from the 1400s via his 80s PC. 
despite his historical claims being proven wrong at every turn. To the author's credit, he could have just left those bits about inaccuracies out of the book to strengthen his narrative, but doesn't. It's a delightedly bewildering read, not as to whether it happened or not. It's clearly a prank out of control like the faces, but as to why he wrote the book in the first place. If you've not read it, Kate, I highly recommend it. Um, um, do, do we think The Faces was a prank? Um, I don't think it was a prank, No, prank's probably not the word, no. Because I, mm-hmm. I think if it's a prank, you would let everyone be fooled and then go, ah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be a prank. So I don't know if it was a prank or not. I don't know about The Vertical Plane. Have you read this? You I know? have read that yes. book. It's yeah. the Doddleston Messages. And I think delightfully bewildering. Right. Kind of covers it very well. It was the story of this bloke who believed that he was, via this kind of ripple in time and what I presume was an Amstrad, right. um, was communicating this with is the bloke. Ken who wrote it. Yes, yeah. yeah, Ken Webster. He was communicating with the guy that lived on his, like where he was on his land mm. 400 years ago. And this was like 16th century. And he started communicating via his PC and then like leaving written messages and in yeah. this vertical plane book that it's not a story it's like a journal right there's no narrative to it right okay it's just like this happened today these messages came in and i've translated them for you and there's like diagrams and bits of of things that this bloke said from the 16th century that he translated into contemporary english so easily so when Rob said continue with these lies, he might not have been lying. He might have actually truly believed this was what was happening. Maybe. It's really weird to read. He got a book deal out of it for a kick Yeah, off. he did. Yeah. He did. And it deliberately leaves out lots of identifying information. So anyone involved is not named. Right. None of the places are named. So it's all well and good, but no one can check. I'd blame the publisher in this situation. Yeah. But I, I bought this book when I was a teenager. And I blamed you earlier on for me saying episode three last week. <laughs> Well, I, I bought this when I was a teenager from a second-hand bookshop. Right. Of course, it was second-hand bookshop, but they had loads of them in the bargain bin. Right, okay. But the cover of it was absolutely terrifying. It was like, you know, the Whit- Whitley Strieber communion cover? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a big alien face. Okay. It was like this big, sort of, cavalier-type face. Yeah, faces in, scare you, don't they, big faces? Yeah, in, yeah. Gr- in green. <laughs> they <laughs> do, though. They, they do. do. They do. But it was this big green face in the sky above this little house. Right. And it genuinely terrified me. Okay. And now when I've got it in my bookshelf, I just kind of have to have to keep it tight in so I don't see the cover. I've got a book like that. Um, well, I say I've got a book like that. It was a book that bothered me as a child seeing the cover. My mum had it and it mm. went wherever it went. It just went and I just didn't see it again for many, many years. And then somebody bought me a copy of it. It was the Beast of Jersey. Yeah. Somebody bought me a copy of it. So now I've got that back in my house again with the yeah. most upsetting cover you'll ever see. Yeah. I think yeah. I might have mentioned that before on Rebels, but it's always good yeah. to have a dig at you that way. You're welcome. Um, who's Ken Webster? <laughs> Who is he? What is he? What, where's he come from? What's the point of Ken Webster? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, really. I don't know an awful lot about him. Well, I know is, he's just synonymous with the, the vertical plane. And is with the that the messages. only book by Ken? Or are there other books that have been follow-ups like Whitley? I don't know, but I do know that the book... I think it's still, I think he did like a revised version of it mm. several years later with new content. Right. But the cover's not as Upgraded good. Upgraded for the internet age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe this time he's getting texts. Yeah, MSN. Getting... Is that even still a thing? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> getting so TikToks from that's the That's so up to date I am. Oh, have you been <laughs> Skyping each other? Uh, well, it's a curious thing, that, to me, because I do, even though I said it tongue-in-cheek, mm. I think part of me does... 
put a bit of finger of blame at the publisher in the is that the level we're at <laughs> or, or, we, or that you were at yeah back then is that would you literally print that was there no quality control within that of mm. going well there's no foundation for this he's not even saying who the person is or there's not nothing checkable yeah. within it let's send it to print i know I, I get that completely and i think there is this kind of loophole mm-hmm, when it comes to esoterotic or so-called ghostly experiences things like that because they can't be proven by their very nature they're intangible they're based on belief but they can st- but they can be credible so so you can have or sound credible rather you can mm. you can have a story what's a good example of one what about the famous well the bully rectory yes you know without the you know the big reveal at the end <laughs> Mm. while the saw music plays yeah <laughs> without that and it was actually quite a simple thing that was going on there yeah but the actual story yes i can follow as a thing of going oh oh yeah. this is interesting this is interesting now, i don't have to subscribe to it point of it is is the actual story itself is worthy of telling yes definitely you know that doesn't have to be true to to make the story not you know worthy to be mm-hmm. told and um, there's loads of them I don't, even the enfield thing is Worthy of telling, I suppose, but again, going back to my catchphrase, from a sociological perspective, I find yeah. that interesting. Yeah, definitely. But from the very little you just told me, and from what Rob said in his comment as mm. well, it does sound like a bit of a Mickey take, really. Yeah, that I book. mean... But I might be being unfair, because I've not read it. I haven't read it in a while. Maybe this will... Maybe I'll have to just put a post-it on the front cover and give it a reread. So is it written like a diary? Not properly it's, as far as i remember it wasn't dear diary but you can get away with murder if you write something as a diary oh completely because yeah. people just want to read a diary yeah yeah <laughs> like no matter what's in it you don't have to have a good story then yeah yeah it's pretty just true. pretend it's private yeah <laughs> so you can't do <laughs> no as far as i remember it was just a kind of a story that went nowhere maybe there would be a story in it if someone else was to tell it right because i suppose it'd be hard to ob- to be objective if it was just this thing that happened over a period of time. I'm a bit busy and a bit tired. Right. Could you reread it, please, and tell me? All right, then. <laughs> could okay. You, could we, in the future, in, in an episode in the future, yeah. could be next week, whenever you want. Okay. Can we talk about it, please? Yes, okay. Because I'm also feeling slightly self-conscious that I have just kicked the legs from under somebody who I know nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just said, that book is rubbish. And I've not got a clue what it's yeah, about. Okay. I've not got a clue whether it's rubbish or not. So I'm going to apologise for that in advance, yeah. for jumping the gun. And I will give it fresh ears and fresh eyes when Kate reads it for me. <laughs> <laughs> See, and people say, oh, Kate, you've got so many books. Why is that? It's like, this is why. I yeah. read for everyone. Yeah. You like reading. Yeah, I mean, I like reading. Just, I haven't got the time, mate. I haven't got the time. Welcome to Loopholes, episode... 34. Next section, but with added ambience now. It's a loophole special because the window's open. It's boiling. Yeah. It's far too hot. So apologies in advance for any passing traffic. Apologies for any planes. And apologies for the birds. Yeah. Well, no, we're not going to apologise no, for the birds. They add a lovely, lovely ambience. It is a nice ambience, isn't it? Let's listen to them for a second. Oh, you pipe down now, do you? Yeah, it's like they know. Yeah. Um, you just showed me the cover for the vertical plane. Yes. And I'm immediately going to say the cover potentially warrants the publication yes that's and the crows agree they do that is an excellent cover it's, I, I agree yeah, it's i mean seeing that when you're young yeah would haunt you i mean it came out in 1989 yes i would say that that cover was dated then but has now gone full circle to nicely retro yes, yes nicely retro i just i find it very um upsetting um, can i ask a question please yes excuse me what size are you on there 
Um, I'm on Oxfam. Uh, can you tell me the price? Am I reading that right, upside down? What's the price there? Uh, £150. £150? Yes. <laughs> Oxfam, what are you doing? <laughs> You're a charity shop. The only thing that should be £150 in your shop is if you are selling the shop. <laughs> Well, this like the John Lewis. It's... Oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Goodness me. Well, I won't... Again, I'm going to reiterate, you'll have to read it for me because I'm not oh, paying 150 um, quid. I would like to say as well that I think I've paid about 50p for my... Oh, Oxfam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oxfam. Why? So we're ruling out Oxfam as sponsors, but Bygone Times is still... Potential. I'm going for Bygone Times. We're going there tomorrow. Yeah, we are. We're going Bygone Times tomorrow. Deal with it. When yeah. you're listening to this, we're in Bygone Times. <laughs> We will be, <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Um, okay, so what are we going to talk about today? Um, I'd like to talk to you about someone called Professor Thomas Lynn Bradford. Oh, okay. Spoiler and content warning, um, Mr Bradford um, dies at the beginning of this. Right. Well, it's not really a by, spoiler. By his own hand. Oh, I see. He did away yes. with himself. Yeah. Okay, well, that's probably warranted then. Um, so what's the deal with that? What's, what went on? Right. So let me take you back. Stop shouting. <laughs> Sorry. Let me take you back to the 5th of February, 1921. Right. Professor Thomas Lynn Bradford was 48 years old. Okay. When he closed his bedroom door, put on the gas and died. Right. And he was a spiritualist. Right. So this was all very intentional with a greater purpose in his eyes. Yeah. Can I say at this stage? Mm-hmm. <laughs> at this two sentences in stage? Yeah. Come on, it's only a bit of fun, isn't it? <laughs> Tell you a bit of a way you get so upset about people being mediums and spiritualists and all that's a bit of fun, isn't it? What what aren't they doing? Don't do anyone any harm, does it? Not? Sorry, Kate, continue. <laughs> so the SPR, the Society of Psychical Research yeah. in the UK. Yeah, who'd go to the opening of an envelope. Yeah, that lot, go on. They were established in 1882, and the American Society for Psychical Research was established in 1884. Okay. So spiritualism and doing experiments under the banner of scientific inquiry wasn't new so this had been well established and thomas lynn bradford thought that he was just moving on this tradition of admittedly extreme parapsychological experiments so where's tlb situated is he states or is he uk where is his he's stateside stateside okay so when the police went round to his place they found a note in his typewriter right and it said and it is through scientific facts that i propose to demonstrate clearly the phenomena of spirits, and prove that all phenomena is outside the domain of supernatural. So, in doing away with himself, Bradford intended to come back as a spirit and then prove the existence of an afterlife. Yeah, but not the smartest two in the box, though, is he? Let's just break that down straight away. Let's say that what he was trying to do worked. Let's say that happened, right? I'm going to do away myself, I'm going to come back as a ghost and prove that this is a thing. All right, then, on you go. Okay, do away myself, here's the ghost coming through the door. Oh, hello, Thomas, hello. So it is right. Yeah, it is right. Oh, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Can you stay? Probably not. (laughs) Okay, mate. Well, thanks. Can't really provide any conclusive proof of this now. Either way, can I not? I'll I'll tell people you were here. (laughs) What? We well, ruined most of the story now, well, haven't you? <laughs> poorly man, isn't it? It's poorly man. Well, in his mind, if he was to be successful, and in doing this, he clearly believed he would be, 
that his experiment would absolutely revolutionise the world of parapsychological research. Yeah, but then what, Thomas? And he'd go down in history... Then what for you, mate? Oh, I see, it's an ego. He'd go down in history as the man that proved God and heaven to be real and proved the continuation of the human soul and the consciousness after death. Okay. So he'd be... It'd be Einstein, Darwin. It'd be... Yeah. He'd be top of the pops. So that was a... I mean, is that just what people have speculated subsequently... Or is that something that was on the record from from his point of view? Well, it appears to be uh, potentially on the record. There's a lot of people coming up that we're not sure if we trust them or not. Delusions of grandeur are quite commonplace in severe mental illness. Oh, yeah, completely. I'm not saying that flippantly. I'm being serious. Yes, yeah. So that's um, that would go hand in hand with that. I mean, I, I find it terrifically sad. Oh, incredibly. Um, but there's also the other part of it where you take a step back from it. You go, okay, well, let's acknowledge... It's sad, it's tragic, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But for the purposes of what we're actually talking yeah. about and what this is, you've got to take a step back and with a with a critical eye and go, what's on earth? Like, th- yeah. th- like th- this is far more serious mm. than what he's trying to do. Yeah. And also, it can lead to this yeah, sort of thing. This was taking place kind of just after the big second wind of modern spiritualism. So when was this? So this was 21. 1921. Right, okay. And it was during the First World War yeah. that really spiritualism had this second secondary boom because, yeah, yeah, of course, okay. then when you're experiencing death on such such a massive scale, people are going to grasp at anything to try and contact their loved ones. So how much of the information you're giving us here, how much is credible or as credible as it can be for historic events? Quite a lot is, really. Arguably more than the chap that wrote The Vertical Plane. Yeah, okay. And that was 89. Yeah, that was 89. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, Bradford, he was an intelligent man. He wasn't right. just a, a nutter having a bash at trying to prove ghosts exist. Well, you can be both. Well, yes. Well, he spent time as an actor, an athlete, an engineer. And then later in life, he got really, really into spiritualism. And he started giving lectures around the Detroit area. Mm. And where he started really marketing himself as a bit of a psychic Right. later on. So... He, sort of found a home in that world but he was also and this is quite telling a widower right so the loss of his wife as with many spiritualists the loss of their partner kind of solidifies their belief in the afterlife and so bradford placed an ad in a local newspaper and he asked for a volunteer to take part in an experiment which he termed a spiritualistic science and he received a reply from a woman called ruth doran after Thomas had had gone. She'd been interviewed by police and by the press, and she said that I answered his advertisement through a simple desire to know more about a thing in which I was little versed. She wasn't a spiritualist, she wasn't a medium, she wasn't a believer in any psychical science, she was just curious. Now, in some of these newspaper reports that have been quite nicely circulated afterwards, she's been described really dismissively like this silly dotty little woman who didn't really know what she was getting herself into yeah so she's described as things like um a magazine writer and psychic right whereas really she wasn't a silly little girl she was 40 and she was a really respected writer and lecturer from a very prominent detroit family so this was a double societal scandal when she got involved as well Mm. so bradford came to the conclusion that there was but one way to solve the mystery of the afterlife. He said, two minds properly attuned, one of which must shed its earthly mantle. 
and that one would be Thomas. He would have to go. So she's aware of what he's going to do? It seems that way. Right. But only one person... Well, my attitude has changed completely. Yeah, exactly. It seems that she knew she'd have to know, Mm. and she just carried on with that information. Right, okay, well, that's unforgivable. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a really difficult thing to talk about on here. Uh, whilst I understand the argument and I understand the thing of uh, two men coming together, if he was terminally ill, for example, if that's what's yes, going on, yeah. I would probably have a different slant on mm-hmm. this. Um, but it, it would appear that he was very ill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, in a different way. And she potentially is looking at the marketability of this story after the event. So mm. uh, I think to to carry go along with that... Mm. I'm, I'm very aware that on this episode today... I'm jumping the gun a lot. I'm very yeah. aware of it, but yeah. I'm doing. I'm being quite emotive in my responses. I think it, to things. this merits it. This doesn't yeah, warrant well, it. Well, yeah, and also, you know, I'm not like you, you. never know the full story with these things. You don't mm. know what's you know what's going on entirely before you start sort of shooting someone down or going, "You're the villain. You're the baddie," and all the rest of it. Let's not forget it's his decision at the end of the day. Yes, yeah. that that is true, and we don't know if she was. She might, have exactly. been, she might have been saying, I think this is a really bad idea, I really don't want you to do this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If all you're going on is the reports from one side of this, yeah. you, you'll never know what was really said. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why I'm asking about how much of it is yeah. still available for a historic event, of how much credible mm-hmm. evidence there is or, or noting down of what actually happened yeah. that's credible, Yeah. rather than just a sensationalised, potentially, newspaper report. Exactly. Like if he that was going, already, you already said, was, was presenting her in a way that she actually wasn't. Yeah, in her life. and if, yeah. if he was thinking this would make some absolutely cracking scientific discoveries, who was going to do all the writing? Was yeah. he going to dictate these very long scientific papers? Or okay, what? So, so, so back to this. I mean, we, do we need to go back to the story? Because we know the story isn't, isn't and then Thomas turned up. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's like, like I say, it's the really unpleasant version of what Harry Houdini had with his wife, Bess, that we did um, several episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, but Houdini, so he'd agree with his wife that there would be a seance yeah. in the event of his death. Yeah, and they would have a word. Yeah, that's totally different to this, isn't it? Oh, completely. This is like... Because <laughs> that's when the, the time horrible comes. horrible yes. well, When the time comes, we can do this as well. This yeah. could be my little tag on yeah. to the, my sceptical existence and my showbiz existence as well. Mm-hmm. That can be a little add-on to the end once I'm gone. Yeah. But this is like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do next week. And that's like, no, you're not. No, <laughs> please don't do that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's it's very different. It is. It is. It, it's, it shows kind of like the strange diversion you can take in reading these these sort of stories and these quite destructive experiments. I'll tell you what else I think it shows, even though I appreciate it was in the 20s. Mm. But, but I would argue that it's still around today mm. in the new 20s. Yeah. It shows the lack of care mm. within that community versus the story. So yeah. if it comes down to a choice between making sure someone's all right and having no story or potentially having the story that's going to compound your beliefs and make other yeah. people believe it as well and oh, you will be right after all, yeah, they're going to choose the latter, yeah. which is repulsive. It is, on but every single like level. Say, that's what that's what sells content. I don't care. Yeah. And and so, so that's where I'm coming at with all of this. Yeah. So when people go, Oh Ian, you're just be, oh you're just being ridiculous. Oh you, you know, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not. You're looking at a very narrow window of this. You're going, oh, it's quite funny, isn't it? Oh, it's quite cute. Oh, that they believe that and the rest of it. And just swipe open with your fingers on your iPhone yeah. and see the bigger picture of this. Yeah. And see quite how dangerous all of this is. Mm. Uh, and I really believe that. And stories like this, again, even though they're not modern, I, I still think there are traits to this story that mm. could be transposed over to now. Oh, definitely. And well, go as... that they're, they're ruthless people. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think we've definitely seen that in a lot of paranormal entertainment, certainly. The, you know, the, the exploitation of circumstances to fit to fit a narrative that would ultimately go on to yeah to sell more series yeah yeah and not just that and we weren't going about this because we have done plenty of times before <laughs> but also the way people are, some people operate mm-hmm. within that that mini little society of idiots um <laughs> no but the way some people yes. operate as well yeah. if you don't go along with them then they are like um you know when the, when people have reported about scientologists and scientology that yeah. they have the uh, is it the fair game rule, I think it's called? Yeah. I'm sure that if you criticise Scientology, they have a fair game rule, which is which is traced back to the original writings. Uh, y- you are then fair game. So if you criticise them, you're fair game, yeah. and you can be as ruthless as you want. Yeah. So that idea, I don't know how true that even is, but that, hi- mm-hmm. that idea is in operation, perhaps mm-hmm. in Scientology, I've got no idea, but certainly yeah. <laughs> it's in operation. Within all these YouTubers looking for ghosts and all these, <laughs> it, like it really is, yeah. and people yeah, doing yeah. paranormal podcasts and all the rest of it, that is in operation mm. and happening. And myself and yourself could supply plenty of evidence of that. Oh, we of really could. Things that have been sent to us. Oh yes, that people were stupid enough to digitally sign themselves. Yeah. It's like so, but 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 the outside eye doesn't see that. No. So so people from the outside they don't see. Mm. that undercurrent there and no. th- that's why i think it's dangerous and i'm i'm not i'm not and i've never have been campaigning for it to all be banned or for <laughs> it to not be allowed yeah. or you know i'm just i i get really worried mm. about people being radicalized by mm. this stuff i really do yeah no i'm i'm not saying it's unwarranted and we can yeah. also say as well well you're not going to get radicalised by it, so don't worry, but people can make their own decisions. And I, yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. It doesn't mean I can't be concerned mm. that people get pulled into that world mm. and literally can't escape it. It gets worse and worse and worse. Before you know it, you've got situations exactly like or similar to the one you're talking about that happened in the 20s, where somebody is so consumed with whatever he's consumed by, his mm. belief system, or it could be the grief. I, that is another part, to, yeah. as you said. Yeah. That, you know, it might have just been like... I don't want to be around anyway, so I might as well just put this onto it too. Yeah, that leave could, a bit that, of a legacy. Yeah, yeah that yeah. could have been the case. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, she's away, so yeah, you know. You, yeah, you, you know so uh, there's there's loads of things around that, but it does. It, it just if this was a fairground ride, it'd be shut down for not being safe. Yeah, it absolutely would. But the story continues. <laughs> Go on. In the press, yeah, Ruth was reported as being completely fully aware of what Bradford was going to do. But in her police statements, she, I'm not sure if this would count as backpedalling or if she was telling the truth, we don't know. Um, She said that she was a devout Protestant and that Bradford never made his intentions clear. He just said that he intended to prove that spirits could communicate with the living. And her statement 
was kind of the key in helping the police to quickly rule an, an accurate cause of death. Well, that's plausible. Like I said earlier on, I don't want to point the finger at her. I mean, I presume she's not around anymore. Well, yeah, she was 40 and 21, so okay. she'd be... well, you know, if she's Etta Brown, who knows? Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's we could take her out of it, I think. Don't mm. really matter. It's actually this story, though. It's tabloid gold, isn't it? You know, the if we're talking about people that aren't particularly ethically sound in search for a story, this was this was everywhere. Mm. And so this tiny little experiment, inverted commas, in Detroit was quickly on the pages of the New York press. And they said, though more than 40 hours have elapsed since Thomas L. Bradford, psychic investigator and lecturer, was found in the room of his house, no message has come back from the spirit world to Mrs. Ruth Doran. So people were waiting. They were like, come on, it's got to come back. It's got to give a message. And people were giving updates every day. New press, new print run. Any message? No. But several psychics who ran to reporters were saying that they'd made contact with the professor. So there were plenty of options there. But Ruth said, Mm. basically, ignore this lot, all these fake psychics. I am his friend. If he can cause his spirit to come back to Earth, I believe his spirit will come to me first. Bearing in mind, they'd only just met. All right, hello, magazine. So. <laughs> I'm finding this fascinating. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as a, is it the word, is the word allegory? Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, it would appear, thus it has always been. Yes, yeah. You know, when we talk about today and social media and mm-hmm. the way people behave and or don't behave or you know, the way that I talk about little mini societies mm-hmm. behaving in such a way, as if it's a new thing and it isn't it, yeah. you know thus it has always been it's just vile human nature yeah. it would appear to be but i think definitely speaking of hello magazine and yeah. sort of the celebrity gossip magazine culture yeah that feeds into this a lot because even when she was referring to bradford as my friend because they were both unmarried as in bradford was a widower and even though she was referred to as mrs mm. she doesn't appear to have actually been married mm. Then all these rumours started going around. I bet around she was his companion. That, <laughs> That's what they call that it. They it? Had, yeah, that they had this romantic involvement. But there's again, there's no proof of that either. Yeah, well, I mean, regardless though. But do you not think it's... Do you, what, what are your thoughts on this? Because I do think... Weirdly, this has become a theme today from the first thing that I said, which wasn't deliberate when I said it was your fault that I said something wrong last week. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of this idea that you, you need to apportion blame Mm. with audiences as much as anyone else so the people that consume this stuff you know like when I honestly this all ties in you know like when I said to whoever it was who said about reading on the Daily Mail I said don't read that because Mm -hmm. the reason they tell the lies and they know that the lies is so you click on the site so it is partly your fault that they continue Mm -hmm. to exist I do quite strongly feel that in my life and I sort of don't want to I'm I'm quite reticent to even admit that Mm. that I go I don't mean about that person. I mean, I mean, just generally, I'll go, you idiots, you deserve all you get. Yeah. Like, you, you know, I, yeah, I, you're right. I, if you I, don't, I do. If I you don't it, I get, I get consume it, it. How people have voted. Yeah. I get it with people who've, you know, voted on <laughs> politically and on TV talent shows. Yeah. You know, when you see the winner of a talent show and go, well, well do you know what? That is what you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and now, and fast forward five years, that is all the entertainment you're going to have access to. Yeah. Because the people who are doing good stuff, you're not bothered about because you're watching whatever 
yeah. you know, big talent show at the moment. And that, <laughs> that's come out the other end of that, <laughs> yeah. is what you deserve. <laughs> you go watch that. Because yeah. that's all you're going to end up having. Yeah. You idiots. So, uh, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, and I try to um, both simultaneously suppress, mm-hmm. contain... Mm. And take a breather with, yeah. with my emotive reaction. I, I to get that. I get it completely, especially you know with using the TV talent shows as a good reference point mm. because I think I get quite fire and brimstoney about the lack of physical media nowadays. It's mm. the same sort of thing. It's like, oh, why can't I get hold of this? Why can't I watch this online? Because mm. you stopped buying DVDs. If something comes out on pre-order for Blu-ray, you don't order it. So yeah. of course now. Or, you know, while you all went in for streaming Let's services... Let's take a moment. Let's take a moment of remembrance for Network. Oh. Moment of remembrance yeah. for Network. Yeah. That's hit us both pretty hard. You fools. It? You fools to let such a thing disappear. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're back. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, but I don't want to be pompous about it. Yeah. Because to be honest, a, that was... we've already established, yeah. delusions of grandeur go hand in hand with severe mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know... Yeah. I, I don't really know how to express it without sounding like a bit of a git, but I do. I I, I regularly have that. Of yeah, like, oh, I, I know you, you do. deserve all you. I get. know if I ever look at anything daft, even if it's, even in the case of, I've seen something unpleasant online mm. that I didn't have to look at, I didn't have to see, but by some kind of cruel compulsion, I've looked at it, and you say, "Why the hell are you doing that?" Mm. You know exactly what it'll do to you, mm. and sometimes you just need that little snap. <sighs> yeah. What? How? How do you feel about this? About what you've been telling me about today? Yeah. So, as someone who's historically minded, who has a career within, you know, discussing stuff from history, mm-hmm. academia, you know, there's there's lots of credible strains to what you do and loopholes. <laughs> and but no, you know, I'm, yeah. Like what? What when you when you partake within this story? So when you mm. look at stories like this, yes. And as someone who has, you know, wavering views on the validity on whether mm-hmm. spiritualism is a real thing or whether they're actually contacting the dead and that, yeah, you, know, you kind of non-committal on it or open-minded. Some may mm-hmm. say, you know, there's yeah. lots that's going on. So when you when you see that, I've spouted off loads about what I feel about it, mm-hmm. but we also know where I am and yeah. what I believe in. So when you do that as part mm-hmm. of your work as well, which I guess this is. Mm. When you read a story like that, what, how, how do you contain that? How do you contain the emotion of that and the Mm. emotional reaction to that? Because there is a person, regardless of what we think about them, Mm -hmm. at the centre of that, yeah, who's done an irreversible thing, yeah, that's tragic in every scenario. Every time it happens, it's tragic. Yeah. How do you feel now about that being a story? I find it. I think it's a really important story. Mm. I think the danger of these sort of things, if you know, if we read something really unpleasant and we say this man did away with himself, if we believe that he did so to prove some spiritualistic noble cause or not, is is immaterial. It's not noble, but but he he may have seen it as such. Yeah, yeah, but I think there's a danger in actually even saying that. Yeah, no, it's right. In saying this noble cause, it's not noble. No, not at all. A self-sacrifice, unless you're pushing the child out of the way as you fall off a bridge, is not noble. Yeah. You you know, to to prove something scientifically, that's not noble, that's idiotic. Yes. If that's what's going on. So I, I think that even if he believed fully 
that he was doing this for for a cause that he mm. was doing this for for scientific proof that this would be the thing to revolutionize spiritualism mm. which i'm inclined to think he didn't he didn't i'm inclined to think maybe i just can't see how you could be all in on it but then again when we bring in delusions well, it's, it's just delusions. Such... It's radicalization yeah, as well radicalization you know, people do, delusions people do kill themselves in the name of religion oh absolutely a lot yeah and spiritualism and take people with them and all spiritualism yeah. was regarded as a modern religion by the end of the 19th century yeah. so it still falls within that yeah but I also think... From... But, it, but it's because they have the belief mm. that it won't end there. That that's Absol- not the Yes, end. of course, yeah. So, so what's happening... And that's the dangerous belief. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we can presume with this gentleman, mm-hmm. he has the committed belief, potentially... Yeah. He might just be missing his wife. Yeah. But potentially, he has the committed belief that it's neither here nor there whether his body is breathing and alive. Yes. Like, genuinely, he might, yeah. he might believe that. Yeah. So this isn't actually, in his mind... Mm-hmm. A big deal, really. Yeah, absolutely. But fast forward over a hundred years, mm. and we're in a podcast that wasn't even invented then. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. That wasn't even a thing, yeah. and it's a story now. It's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not a, a lived it's not experience. It's a human being. It's a yeah. story that we're exactly. regaling, and that's yeah. so. That's what I'm wondering. It isn't a trick. I'm just asking you. Yeah. What? How do you? How do you marry those things up, career wise? Mm-hmm. I, I think I think when it comes to social history, especially around esoterotic beliefs, so much of it is based within grief and mourning and mm. interpretations of grief and mourning. Mm-hmm. And most people who fed into spiritualism, whether it's on just a, a casual basis or more long term, a lot of them found that interest through a direct loss or through mm. a way that they weren't able to deal with something quite traumatic to them. So I think really to understand spiritualism and understand a type of religion that really bases itself in the hereafter, in what happens after that finality, Mm. I think you've got to look at the full stories, learn from them, but also you need the wider context to be able to laugh at materialisation mediums, to be able to laugh at ectoplasm and trumpets and Billy Chutney, Mm. you've got to be able to look further and see people like Thomas Lynn Bradford because they are all under the same umbrella. Mm. And they're all important to get a full, fully fleshed out view of how different things can be interpreted, how things can be believed, and how many incarnations spiritualism has had. And how dangerous it can be as well. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I'm when I laugh at these things, if I choose to take a humorous slant with them, mm. I am laughing at what I perceive to be how ludicrous and ridiculous they are. Yeah. But that also applies to what's happened with this gentleman. Yeah. It's ludicrous and ridiculous, but it's not something I'm comfortable laughing at. Yeah. Because it's, uh, you know, it's it's a thing that we understand about. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. It's something that, unfortunately, will affect lots of people in the mm. world at any given time maybe even most people yeah you know even directly or indirectly or whatever it is mm. so it's something that we understand we can have a, we can replace an emotive thought to that and forget about the fairies down the bottom of the garden it's yeah. just you know it's a very simple thing that's happened mm. so i'm obviously not gonna make fun of that but or well, not even make fun of it I'm, i i can't I can't marry that up with being flippant, really. Yes. It's yeah. so much. 
because it's someone else's story as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's the same thing. It, it is. I do still consider it to be idiotic. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. No, Whatever that absolutely. makes me think of that, but that is what I think. Yeah. I think it's idiotic. Yeah. Well, there's going to be more idiotic stuff to come, because. I'll tell you what. The main idiocy that happened today was I put in a Patreon post about to record loopholes. I'm going to try and keep it as light as possible and cheerful. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Literally wrote that down today oh, in a no. post. Tuesday's post said that. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then we've recorded this. <laughs> Look, it, it'll lighten. It'll lighten now. Go on. Um, <laughs> Don't just make something up. Go on, right, well... Finish how you were going to finish. Well, Ruth held up her part of the bargain. And she held... The other part of this is ridiculous. Is that yeah. I'm sat here at the moment yeah. having this conversation <laughs> with you while seeing my drawing of Simply and the King just glaring out from your T-shirt right back at me. This is a very incongruous situation <laughs> that I'm in here at the moment. Well, Ruth held a two-week-long vigil at her house waiting for Bradford's message. Bradford did not come through no. during this two-week period. No. However, another woman named Lulu Mack, claimed to have met his spirit elsewhere. She said that she was doing a seance elsewhere and the name of Thomas Lynn Bradford was shouted by spirit over the seance table. And she said to the papers, I've heard the call of his spirit. It is calling me even now, but I cannot hear the message it would send because the spirit is too weak. Mm. So not long after Bradford's death, Mm. Ruth was saying, you know, she felt this strange presence around her, maybe like he was trying to get in touch. And then she said at this set time, a few weeks later, that at 9pm, Bradford's message would come through. Where did she get 9pm from? I don't know, maybe just her inkling, her spiritual guide gave her that. And the wider spiritualist community banded together to accelerate the return of his spirit, believing that all of their focus and their powers would draw him down so she could finally get that message of proof through from him and church leaders spiritualist church leaders would encourage their congregations to do the same a bit like when you know yuri geller fixed all those what purported to fix watches and get Mm. people to bend spoons by telling people to chant at their telly yeah kind of a bit like that it's not but (laughs) i I know what you mean yeah and so at 9 p.m ruth and her little group of assembled spiritualists began a seance, she felt a presence, they turned the lights off, and with her hands on her temples, Mm. she dictated the final letter of Thomas Lynn Bradford. Mm. It was very weak, but a very talkative spirit. And this is what he had to say. This is how he proved, inverted commas, that he came back. I am the professor who speaks to you from the beyond. I have broken through the veil. The help of the living has greatly assisted me. I simply went to sleep. I woke up and at first did not realise I had passed on. I find no great change apparent. I expected things to be much different. They are not. Human forms are retained in outline, but not in the physical. I have not travelled far. I am still much in the darkness. I see many people. They appear natural. There is lightness of responsibility here, unlike in life. One feels full of rapture and happiness. Persons of like natures associate... I am associated with other investigators. I do not repent my act. My present plane is but the first series. I am still investigating the future planes regarding which we in this plane are as ignorant as 
are earthly beings of the life just beyond human life. She said she had never heard a spirit voice before, but she was 100% sure that that was the professor. In a sense, I hate to make this me, me, me. Mm. It would be easier for me to believe them. Yeah. It would be nicer. I guess that's my way of saying I understand why people do. Mm. It would be easier. Yeah. It'd be better for my blood pressure. Yes, sorry. Definitely. No, it would. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another thing going on with that as well that you know I think certain religions do say that if you take your own life that that's you not going over full stop you know mm. so it'd be easier to believe that so you could go well there's there you go yeah, <laughs> nonsense yeah. but well you know what my <laughs> we know what my take is on this um, but yeah I find it uh, almost indescribably sad oh, I'm so sorry no, no, I, yeah. I, and I do and and the reason being for it, mm. the reason I find it so sad, is because it's the lack of conscience, and they and still they carry on, yeah, doing what they're doing for what whatever their reasons are, you know. But still they carry on, still they carry on playing the pretend, still they carry on vying with each other for who gets to speak to the spirit first. Still they get all of that, and mm. meantime you've got a bloke there who's even if he's not poorly. Which is a hard thing yeah. to argue, but even if he's not, don't alter where he's at now. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, or, or what what he did, and it's just like I find it unfathomable. Yeah. yeah. Actually, no, I don't, and that's the saddest part about it. Mm. I don't find it unfathomable. I find it entirely predictable. Yeah. And it's still happening right now across society. Yeah. People want blood. And going after them after death, just sells more papers. Yeah, yeah, horrible. What do we do about episodes like this? I don't know. What do we actually, like? Because well, these are, this is valid. Yeah. But. I know, I know. I, I feel really awful now bringing no, no, it to no, the no. table. No, it's fine because it's valid and it, it falls under the remit. Yeah. Certainly more than scones does. But <laughs> what do we do yeah. about this? Like, how do you, how do you balance what this show is? I know. I don't know. Well, look, we'll do Vertical Plane next week and that, everyone's fine in that. But that might end up being really tragic. Oh, God, it will be, won't it? Oh, yeah. God. Hey, look, it's, this, this is just what we're doing here. That's yeah. what we're doing here. Yes. And, okay. I'm, and all the only people I want to apologise to are the people that are on my Patreon who read me say in a post yesterday that I was going to be cheerful in Liverpool. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> They're the only ones I have an apology oh, to. Yeah. Go on, do your list. I'm sorry, it'll be light, light next week. Probably. No, it doesn't have to be. Uh, more so than this, but that wouldn't take much, would it? So, you can contact us via many avenues. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Ian Boldsworth and patreon.com forward slash burials and beyond. You can find us on Facebook at Loopholes Podcast, Instagram at Loopholes Pod, Twitter at Loopholes Pod, and you can send us an email at loopholespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Kate Cheryl. I've been Ian Bowlesworth. And quick shout out to my patrons, who I promise I'm going to do a cheerful post tomorrow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so very sorry. <laughs> She'll still be writing about death. Oh, I will. Join my Patreon. Tons of that, mate. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. Loopholes is an infinite hermit production in association with Burials and Beyond with Kate Cheryl and Ian Boldsworth. Music by Thomas Thunderay, produced by Ian Boldsworth.